Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. The Man Who Saw the Light Over Winter Hill by Ian Gordon Two, Christmas Day. On the morning of the 25th, I found myself a little less fraught than I had been the night before, despite the terrible sleep. I gathered my faculties, as well as the handful of gifts I'd procured so diligently, and headed over to my parents' place in Chorley. The Christmas Day family dinner is a fairly common event up and down the country. I tried spending the day alone back in 93 and hadn't enjoyed it one bit, so I was prepared for and looking forward to the customary goings-on. My sister, Rosie, was already there when I arrived, and shortly afterwards the four of us were sitting by the fire in the living room, exchanging gifts. It was immediately apparent to my mum that I wasn't quite myself. She quizzed me about my appearance on the spot. "'You look a bit rough around the edges,' she said. "'Are you all right?' "'Just tired, mum,' I said. "'Didn't sleep well last night.' Rosie sighed at that, but we'd be at the dinner table later that afternoon before the subject came up again. It was my dad who asked, "'What's been keeping you up?' And without a moment's hesitation, I told the three of them about my strange experience the night before, of the flash and the yelp, the scuttling sounds and the sprint to the car. My mum sneered, shaking her head, but my dad, serious as ever, looked me over with a critical eye. You should know better than to keep going up there on your own, he said, especially at night. It's not safe. Not safe? Rosie blurted. What do you mean? My dad rearranged some of the foodstuffs on his plate before elaborating. I'm not one to suffer fools, he said, his stony face stonier than ever. But it'd be foolish to ignore the hundreds of reports of people experiencing strange things up there. And I don't know what you're leering at. This he added in response to another sneer from my mum. You couldn't make it through a single night in the Wilder's Wood. My mum tutted loudly. It was bloody freezing, Dave, she barked. And the rest, my dad said, rolling his eyes. Okay, that's enough, Rosie interjected. Christmas Day, remember? We finished the meal in silence. An awkward silence. I normally enjoy Christmas dinner, but... No amount of cranberry sauce could have improved the atmosphere in that room. Later on, back in the living room, my dad brought the subject up again. Chomping on his pipe, as was his thing after dinner, he reeled off a dozen stories related to him as a child. Among the usual tales, he struck upon those curious rumours concerning the winter of 5758, in which a band of troubled Felmonters traversed what was then the difficult terrain in order to reach Winter Ill, and allegedly came face to face with a variety of abnormalities. The same story is never told twice, but one detail seems to be common among those who tell it. A bright flash was seen over the moor, followed by an almighty explosion. How this related to what I'd seen the night before, I hadn't a clue, but my dad was adamant there was some sort of parallel. Rosie had listened to my dad's yammering with rapt attention, 
and so when the time came to leave, she asked if I wanted some company for a couple of days. Truth be told, I was well, I was still feeling a bit weird about the whole thing, and so I told her that I'd be great, and to head over later that evening. For the purposes of context, I live on a quiet street in a fairly substantial terraced house. The row looks out on a green space filled with trees, to the rear of which are the westward slopes of the valley. When I got home, my next-door neighbour, a mechanic by the name of Justin, was standing in the street, apparently on the lookout for something. A brief discussion followed, in which he spoke of his dog's agitation at the presence of a large rat in the front yard. "'Did you see it yourself?' I asked. "'Caught a glimpse,' he said. "'Bit pale for a rat, but I'm not sure what else it could have been.' I went inside. I didn't like the sound of a big old rat frequenting the yards. My thoughts returned to the yelping critters of my dreams, tiny beasts with matted fur and sharp, protruding teeth. I shuddered, and went about the business of locking up, eagerly awaiting Rose's arrival. It was just after 7pm when she turned up. I let her in, and we went into the kitchen for a drink. She asked again about what I'd seen the night before— and so I told her, leaving nothing out. I agreed to take her up there in the morning, to survey the two lads in the cold light of day. It occurred to us both that, like lightning, the flash might have left some sort of trace behind. We drifted into the dining room, each of us carrying a mug of tea, and were about to sit at the table when Rosie asked, "'What's that?' I turned to discover that a gaze had landed on the CCTV monitor in the corner of the room." As my profession dictates, I'm a proponent of home security, and have a camera mounted above the front door. Narrow Valley might be a quiet part of Bolton, but you can never be too careful. I approached the monitor, and saw what Rosie was seeing. It's a black and white display, and doesn't perform particularly well in the dark, but, aided by the streetlights outside, you see enough. Just a foot or so from the door was a pale... Pudgy creature, probably the rat described by Justin, was my first thought. This rodent, or whatever it was, was up on its short-eyed legs, smelling the air. I think it's a rat, I said. A rat? Rosie objected. It's bloody big for a rat. We leaned forward to get a better look at the thing. Does it look bold to you? Rosie went on, frowning. I shrugged my shoulders. I don't know, but... Look at its face, I said. It's flat. You're right, there's no way that's a rat. The picture quality was too poor to be sure of anything, but I think we both decided there and then that there was no chance in hell we were going outside to look at the thing in the flesh. A few moments later, the pale creature got down on all fours and scurried away. A series of barks followed from next door. It seemed jolly the bulldog had caught sight of his quarry again. Rosie and I, not sure what to make of it, were in for another restless night. 